hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Today on the podcast review show, we're looking at ageless hockey. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the podcast review show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. This is where we have somebody come on the show. Now, tonight we're doing a what we call a light version. This is where somebody, we have two different versions of doing the review. You can come on in person, or you can have us review without you coming on the show. And that's what we're doing tonight. And we're going to be looking at Ageless Hockey. That's the name of the podcast from Jim Bramham, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And uh, joining me to help us figure out what they're doing right and maybe some things they could tweak a little better is the one and only, don't be fooled by cheap imitations, Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTalentCoach.com. How's it going, Eric? It's going well. There are so many cheap imitations of me running around. <laughs> I see them everywhere. <laughs> it's great, Dave. Glad to be here. Looking forward to another show. I'm excited about this one. We get to talk hockey tonight. That's I'm, I, I'm I was when I saw the topic. I'm like, okay, I'm going to rely heavily on Eric for this because I, I live in Ohio. We had um, we had some sort of minor league. I think we still might have a minor league hockey team. I know for many years we had nothing. And I, I think we did. We may have, they may still be here. Yeah. Like you're, you're full on into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so we're, it's to me, hockey is, I turn on ESPN, they throw two guys throwing off their gloves and pounding each other. And that's about the only clip I get to see. So I know the ESPN Stanley highlights sound like my kid playing Xbox. <laughs> like, like, are you, I hear clickety, 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 click. I'm like, are you fighting again? Like there's more to the hockey game than fighting. Yeah. The podcast we're looking at tonight is agelesshockey.com. We're going to be looking at episode number 14. And uh, Jim had said, this is the one thing about it. Jim is definitely a guy that loves hockey. Uh, He said, uh, apparently he got into this podcasting thing for, uh, uh, he retired from hockey, from hockey. And then he kind of got back into it. He says, I got some injuries, including a concussion which is uh, no fun. He says, now, d- during my recovery time off the ice, he says, I started to uh, started the podcast to share my experiences and help others over 50 so that they can avoid injuries. I think that seems to be the the running theme uh, of why he's doing this. He wants people to, to not get injured, but yet, I, in fact, I think his tagline is to stay on the ice. Yeah, Jim is uh, over 50 himself, back out playing hockey, had some ankle injuries, had a concussion, and uh, his whole goal is to help guys over 50 and, and ladies as well stay on the ice and and continue to enjoy it as long as they possibly can. He said he, he tries to make his show different. He says he makes it very clear that he's not a great player. He says, I learned a lot about what changes 
need to be made when we get older. And he says, I share my crash test dummy experiences. We didn't get one of those in this episode, but I'd like to hear one. Um, he says, there are equipment changes since the 1970s. He says, uh, which I hope will help others avoid the mistakes I've made. And he says, he also doesn't talk much about the NHL because this is, um, that's how he differentiates. I'm sure there are plenty of other hockey podcasts where they talk about what's going on in the NHL. And this is, this is different. He's trying to set himself apart. And uh, he did say, we kind of asked him, you're like, how, how is the show going to be a success? I always want people to know that because otherwise, how do you know if you're doing any good or not? And he said, he wants to keep getting emails from people. He said he had one person from Japan who was 75 years old and said he started wearing his mouth guard after uh, Jim had said that his mouth guard had saved his teeth when my head hit the ice and cracked his helmet. See right there, when I hear cracking helmets, I'm like, that's why I don't play hockey. <laughs> that's what makes it fun right there. <laughs> yeah, it's all about audience reaction for Jim. He really wants his audience to be entertained and expired, uh, inspired to stay on the ice, but he really wants them to uh, not only be entertained and get valuable information on every episode, he wants to hear from that audience. He wants to get emails from his listeners and find ways to help them and and hear from his audience so he knows that he's helping them. So if he can receive more emails from listeners uh, and help them avoid major injuries, he's saying that's what makes his podcast a success. And that's what's different about tonight's show. We don't have Jim on with us. Jim, Jim had the option, come on or don't come on. And Jim said, I, you guys just review it without me. I'll listen online. We said, that's all good. And you can do that. There's two versions of it. Like Dave was saying, you can come on and join us. And, and, uh, that, that helps us tremendously because we can ask you questions. So tonight, as we go through Jim's podcast here, there's going to be times where Dave and I will need to make some assumptions and figure out why Jim was doing the things he was doing. And, and, uh, we'll do our best. We'll give some feedback here and with any luck, help Jim make his podcast ageless hockey. A little bit better. We're going to start off here with the first minute and a half. Hi, I'm Jim. I'm a baby boomer that loves playing hockey. Welcome to Ageless Hockey Podcast, episode number 14. Today's main topic is how to deal with not being able to play hockey. In this episode, I'll talk about my apology to Bauer, over 60 Spring League, why aren't you playing hockey, and how to deal with it. Does this really matter when buying new skates? I owe Bauer an apology. I said that the footbeds that came with my Bauer Supreme S180 skates were garbage. Well, this really isn't true. They're not bad, but they're just not the quality I expected for a $500 pair of skates. A Bauer has their speed plate footbeds, and if you go on Amazon or other places, they're about 50 bucks. I'm assuming they're only included with the top line skates that they offer. That might be 700 bucks to the $1,000, but I don't think 500 bucks is... A drop in the bucket either. I guess my suggestion to Bauer would be to give a discount code to people purchasing 
their skates in the three hundred to six hundred dollar range. And so he's jumping right into his topic, and there's not a lot of uh, is that. Is that train horn? Is that the sound of some hockey thing? <laughs> when they score the goal, the horn goes off. Okay, there we go. So I figured as much. And- Bauer is a, a Bauer's an equipment manufacturer. Uh, they make not only skates, but helmets and gloves and sticks. And they're one of the, the primary longtime uh, hockey manufacturers for equipment. Yeah. So he kind of gives us a table of contents when he starts off there. And not really much about like what the show is i mean he kind of gives us i think one sentence maybe about it's for people that are over 50 wanting to be on does he even mention that i'm trying to think about that i also want to play it again um (laughs) yeah it's like one line yeah he jumps in he gives you one line and then he moves along like it's pretty pretty quick it's just about you know being over 50 and he's a baby boomer and he's uh talking to people about how to stay on the ice yeah so that's that's quick. My only uh, his audio sounds fine. And but the thing that I that threw me for a loop is he gives his table of contents and there's a certain timing for that. So it was kind of like topic A and then we're going to talk about this and I owe so and so an apology and I need this and this and that as well as such and such and such and such. And then he goes back and says I owe so and so an apology and I'm thinking wait you just said that a minute ago and then he just keeps going. And I didn't realize that like he had transitioned into like the first topic. So that was a little, that was one for me that I was kind of like, Oh, Oh wait, we're, we're into it now. So. (laughs) Oh, we're going already. Okay. Yeah. Did you have that kind of same? I did. I, and quite a bit through the show because his transitions were very abrupt like that. Like it was, it was headline and then he went rolling. But with regard to the introduction, I got to tell you, when I hit play on it, I was in my car, I hit play, and then I, I started going, you know, and it took a minute for it to, to call up because I'm using my phone, I'm, I'm using cell signal. So I start driving and all of a sudden it's, hi, I'm Jim. And I was like, whoa, what just <laughs> happened there? Like that was so unique. It, no, podcasts just don't start like that, mm. which that's what, that's what I love about Jim on this podcast. It's just Jim and I having a conversation. It, he is very one to one. There wasn't any group speak in this. It's not all right. Everybody uh, email me or anything like that. He's talking to one person, and he did it better than anybody I've ever heard, which is fantastic for not having a background in what he does. Um, and he gets on and he says, "You know, today's episode we're talking about how to deal with not being able to play hockey anymore." Which one sentence? I'm, that's what you'll find about Jim. He's pretty straight to the point. There's not a whole lot of fluff in this episode. He hits it and then he moves on. And as I listened throughout the episode, he he's kind of like that get off my long cantankerous old man in a lot of the episode, which I love how now he feels bad about it. Like he goes, yeah, I need to I need to apologize to Bauer. Like <laughs> Bauer's going that dang Jim, you know, he badmouthed <laughs> our our skate inserts, you know, and he feels he feels bad and has to apologize, which I love. That just makes him endearing. Right. It made him such a a warm and lovable guy. Like you just, it's almost like uh, Sipowitz on NYPD Blue, where he's just, you know, the guy's just so rude. You you're supposed to hate him, but there's that side of him, and you just kind of you feel for him and you love him for it. And that's that's kind of what I. Uh, 
that's kind of what I got out of this episode by hanging with Jim for for one episode. Yeah, I have in my notes here. It the especially the beginning of it sounded a little bit like a diary because he was talking about. I thought it was kind of cool about the four minute mark. He talks about he, that's when he kind of gets into not playing hockey, and he said, "You know, I'm I'm not dealing with this very well because he's uh, got an ankle injury and things of that nature." And I just thought it was kind of cool that he was kind of being vulnerable there, being honest, and uh, you know, not, some people won't, you know, because again, this is a big tough hockey guy. Uh, so for him to go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not handling this well. Now, granted, he's, he's talking about, I don't get to go play hockey, but again, just any kind of vulnerability, I thought it was kind of, uh, kind of cool. Yeah. He said when he misses a, uh, when he misses a game, he feels really bad and starts missing it. Now he's been off for weeks because of this angle injury and it's driving him crazy. Yeah. The, um, the beginning of it, there are parts of it that, again, that were a little bit like a diary where he was talking uh, just about different things about uh, he, he went to the Bauer thing and then he, uh, he, he went into to how to deal with not being able to play. And there were times when I remember he was talking about uh, he made a really, and they always had good points. Like, uh, you know, maybe you're taking care of your parents. Cause again, if you're older, well then your parents are older and he was kind of like, well, maybe you fell down or maybe you got hurt or maybe. And, I, and I've kind of felt like we we're in a, a Bubba Gump kind of area there where we're <laughs> maybe you got hurt. Maybe you fell down the steps. Maybe you tripped over a ladder or maybe you fell off the curb. Maybe I was like, OK, I get the point. We're 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 hurt. Yeah. And and I wasn't sure that all of this was going to kind of like I was kind of like, OK, what's what's the point, I guess, in a way. I wasn't sure how yeah, as I listened to the episode, I got a little of that, you know, not really sure, you know, today we're going to talk about how to, how to deal with not being able to play hockey. And he got into a lot of stories about him not being able to play hockey and what he's doing to kind of handle that situation. But I'm not sure as a listener, I got out of this episode, what I could do to handle not being able to play hockey. Because, you know, I played last night and I got to tell you this morning, I, I, it took me a minute to get out of bed. My back was pretty tight, and pretty stiff because I have a bad back, but that doesn't keep me off the ice. Now, you know, I take a wrong turn or get twisted up and all of a sudden, you know, next morning I'm feeling it. You know, I completely understand what Jim's talking about, but not being able to play hockey as a listener, what's in it for me? What am I going to take away? And I think that's one thing that would really help Jim as he's thinking through his episodes. I love the stories that he's telling. I love I love the story of his fight with being able to stay on the ice as much as he can. But we need to turn the camera around and face it at our listener now and and give them some tips and tricks that they can use maybe to uh to deal with not being able to be on the ice. Yeah, he had um there was some great advice in it. I've got a, a tip here where he talks about listening to your doctor. A word of caution, I've talked about this before, is after your surgery, listen to your surgeon. Follow his rehab or her rehab program carefully. If they tell you to be careful for the first two months, don't go golfing in two weeks like a player in our league did. It's been over a year, and he still isn't on the ice. He came back too early. After a couple weeks, he went golfing after a hip replacement. Doctor told him not to do anything for a couple months, but he didn't listen to him. And what was interesting is, is that was the end of his story there. And he went into something right after it. We're talking about his transitions there. And to me, 
he said, you know, he wouldn't listen to me. I think you can do more with your voice to show that this is the end of the segment, something to, to kind of cue that we're moving on there or something. Cause it was like, he's like, ah, but he didn't listen. And then bam into another subject. And I was kind of like, Oh, I, I guess we're done talking about that. Yeah. And it wasn't really a natural segue. Cause he said, but he didn't listen. I need to apologize to Bauer. And I'm like, what, the, <laughs> what just happened there? It, yeah. it wasn't that particular headline, but he almost had headlines rather than natural segues as you would if you were at a, a cocktail party having a discussion, you know, but, they, but he wouldn't listen. Uh, hey, I need to tell you about uh, Bauer. I need to apologize to Bauer. Last week I said, you know, when you kind of naturally change your cadence, a little break there, a little pause, a little uh, fluctuation in the tone of your voice. So people kind of get the sense that, oh, we're on to a next subject. He would just use these headline sort of statements, which kind of felt abrupt. So I'd kind of suggest that he tweak those a little bit and uh, make a more of a natural segue rather than this, this abrupt headline sort of thing. Yeah. I, he did uh, just to piggyback on his advice here about the doctor at the end, he even mentioned how at the end he said when he hurt his ankle, he did it in like the middle of the game and then played like another period. And he said, looking back, I shouldn't have done that. I was hurt. I'm not a NHL player. I should have just got off the ice, but I didn't want to let my team down. And looking back, that's stupid. And now he's he talks about how the fact that he keeps going back to get his ankle checked. And they're like, yeah, it's just going to take a little while longer. And yeah, it's going to take a little while longer. So he had some really good advice. And yeah, that was the uh, second shift of the game. He got hurt. He said they were already down one nothing. His team needed him. The bench was already short. And, uh, you know, he felt he needed to stay out there. But he goes, I'm not making millions of dollars. There's not a guy behind me waiting to take my spot on the roster and cost me millions of dollars in contract fees. Um, you know, I should have just taken it to the locker room when I, when I got injured, but, but I didn't. And, uh, and now he's out. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a cool, again, kind of inside story of, of at the core of what he's trying to do. He's trying to help people to avoid, you know, going through what he's doing. I thought I had a clip of it, but I don't. Um, he had a great story about a goalie that used to come to practice in a pickup truck <laughs> yep, and would just throw his, his gear in the back of the pickup truck and he'd bring it in and be all frozen. Cause it just, he just apparently never took it out of his truck. And he's like, you know, aren't you worried about somebody stealing his gear and his goalie's like, nah, it's old. Who's going to want to, you know, wear this stuff. Well, I'm not sure where they're at, but it's somewhere where apparently hockey is very popular because the guy lost his stuff. And then, it was like, who leaves their stuff in the back of a pickup truck? I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah I got to tell you, I, I know so many guys that have had their gear stolen out of their car. And I'm like, who wants smelly, sweaty hockey gear? It gets, they, it gets ripped off all the time. Ew. Yeah. That's uh, but that he kind of went through that. He's like, you know, you think it's a hassle to whatever, bring it in the house or whatever you're going to do with it. And he said, but he didn't realize that the hassle it is to go back, even if you're, going to some kind of used place like eBay or played against sports. And then you got to, man, you forget that you got to bring your pads to get your pants to fit right. And just all the hassle. So I thought that was an interesting story. And it was a, it was a great tip because he, his point was the gear might not be worth a whole lot, but having to replace it is going to cost you a ton of money. So even though it's a pain in the neck to take it out of the truck and throw it in the garage, you probably ought to do it because you're saving yourself a, a ton of time. And, you know, Dave, to your point, 
it, it's wise advice. There were bits and pieces of that sort of sage advice uh, throughout the entire episode, which I appreciated. Yeah, here's a, another example uh, of one. And I thought this was a great example. If you ever want people to go to your website, this is how you do it for me. So I Googled this the other day and found a video called Quick Trick to Tie Your Hockey Skate Laces Tighter, Reduce Foot Slippage. So I'll have this video. It's only a minute and 23 seconds in the show notes at agelesshockey.com slash 14. I laced my skates the way this video showed, and it seemed to help. Even when I was done skating, I was out there 50 minutes without stopping. My skates were still pretty tight, although it's different than playing in a game where you're going back and forth doing a lot more stops and starts than open skating. But I'm going to keep trying this. But if you like your skates tight like I do, maybe you give this a shot. And so when I heard that, I was like, well, now I want to go watch the video. I actually did. I, my son fights to get his skates as tight as he can. And uh, I pulled that video up and I said, hey, buddy, check this out. And I showed it to him and he's like, man, I need to try that. So, yeah, it's a great, a great tease. He gave us enough information that we wanted to go see it and, and told us what was in it for us and then uh, told us how to go get it. Yeah. And then made it easy as well. He didn't. Oh, yeah. It's not agelesshockey.com slash try dash and spell dash this dot HTML. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Pound sign, et cetera. What's that little squiggly thing called? The, the tilde. The tilde. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, yes. This one, I was a little, I was kind of like, okay, but he, it's, I, I thought it was, it was interesting because he, he comes across, he says, all right, it's an old fart moment. So I go. That's the wrong button. Here we go. All right. I I have to give you a caution. The following is an old fart alert. Don't skate with your hands in your pockets. I saw this yesterday at open skating. There was a couple boyfriend, girlfriend. They looked like they were 19, 20 years old and both of them could hardly stand up on the ice. And they were, they were skating a little bit, but almost like somebody walking on skates and they both had their hands in their pockets. Now I can remember doing this especially in high school, open skating, and probably just uh, look cool. I don't know. But if you think about it, when you play hockey, you don't have your hands in your pockets. So don't skate with your hands in your pockets because if you lose your balance, you hit a bump in the ice or someone cuts in front of you, you don't have your balance. You're going to lose it. So if you have your hands in your pockets and something happens, good luck. (laughs) I love that. Good luck. <laughs> so the only part that made me, on one hand, again, you hear his passion for have, helping people not to get hurt on the ice. That's that's his main point. But he even says, if you're playing hockey, you're not skating with your hands in your pockets. And I'm like, well, isn't the target audience here people that are playing hockey? So like you're telling them to not put their hands in their pocket. And I just picture this whole audience going, why would I put my hands in my pocket? I got my hands on my stick. So that was the only part that I, I was kind of confused. Um, what were your thoughts on that little segment? To your point, hockey players do go open skiing sometimes. So it's a good point. But this is the point in the episode where I turned. So up to this point, you see, the thing about it, Jim has a lot of negativity in the show. You know, he's almost like the get off my lawn guy because we're talking about his hurt foot. We're talking about the guy with the hip replacement. He talks about his investments crashing. He talks about caring for six parents or spouses, and that's why you can't play or you're too old to play. And then he hits this point where he he talks about old fart moment, 
And then he says, you know, talks about stop skating with your hands in your pockets. You're going to fall on your face. And then he talks about wearing earbuds while you're skating. I don't even do that while I'm riding a bike or walking. You know, I can fall. And then he starts talking about how open skating in general is dangerous. And this is, that's when I almost, that's when I started liking the fact that he was this cantankerous old man. Cause he's just like, there's, the dark cloud over everything. He's talking about wearing safety socks to protect his Achilles tendon when he's skating to prevent injury. And, and he got a knot in the lace and, and uh, dang it. And he, now he needs to keep a kit on the, on the bench in case he gets a knot again. And I'm thinking, Jim, you, you got one knot in 50 years. Now you're going to keep a kit on the bench. <laughs> like, come on, but relax a minute. And he talks about his ankle injury and damn it. His skates don't fit. And oh, skates are expensive nowadays. I can't believe how, high gear prices are and it's just i think what jim needs to do is just crank up that that uh you know old fart sort of back uh, in my day yes exactly (laughs) and let's let that character even even become bigger like larger than life taking it even higher to a full-on get off my lawn sort of guy like you know just complain about everything and like over the top because that would almost add some fantastic humor to the whole thing um, because he's lovable in that way. And and it was this part right here where he says old fart moment and he actually recognizes the fact that that's what he's doing. Right. That made me start loving him for it. And uh, I thought it was great because I mean, he starts, I, I literally, I buy gear for my son. He's a goalie. So, you know, I go in to buy Dave, how much do you think goalie leg pads run? I say I would not think. high enough. <laughs> they were about fifteen hundred dollars. No, yeah, literally, I, I was going to guess like fifty for a set of two. Right. Yeah, right. Nah, no, fifteen hundred, and I got them on sale for seven fifty. You know, and it's like gear is crazy expensive, and you don't if you're not in there buying it all the time. It's funny. I went on to uh, Jim's website, which we'll get to in a minute, and he has his old gear laying next to his new gear and the old gear of Cooper shin pads that he has are probably from 1984. Uh, I have that exact same pair and I wear them when I'm coaching because they go under my warm-up pants. They fit the new big shin pads that actually protect. They don't fit under my pants. So I wear these old Cooper shin pads that I have to tape onto my legs and the kids make fun of me. They're like, coach, where'd you get those? You know, goodwill. (laughs) And I'm like, man, these are older than your parents. Like, relax. All right. (laughs) And uh, they're awesome. But unless you're in, you know, if I was still using those and I'd go to buy shin pads today, you know, they're crazy expensive compared to where they were years ago, which I find entertaining that he's you know complaining that skates are expensive and and gear prices are too high and that they shouldn't charge me 50 bucks for skate inserts and i'm like well you know that's how bauer makes their money selling more gear to you you know they make you believe you need the neck protector and uh so i i love that i love the fact that he's that guy and uh i would like to see him crank it up even a little bit more i just love the fact that he he opened was like, all right, we're going to do an old fart moment. I was like, all right, I like, yeah. I, I like the attitude of that. So the, the thing I love about Jim's show in general is his one-to-one nature. We talked about that before he would, uh, he would start telling a story and he go and he would say, you know, I think I've told you this before. And he would go into the story and I felt like, 
you know, he's talking to me just like I would with an old friend. I don't know if I've told you this story before. And then he would roll into it. And it was like, that's exactly what you would say if you were sitting at the bar with your buddy and you can't remember whether or not you told him the story that it was, it, he, he does personal one-on-one perfectly. And it's such a nice touch. And it, I think that's what makes him so uh, likable and so endearing as a host. Yeah. That's, that's like I said, the, the beginning of it, it sounded like a diary. It was just him talking about his injury and his foot and everything like that. And I felt like, again, he was just sitting across the table from me explaining what was going on. And um, he had his bullet points. I don't do. I don't think he was reading. I'm not sure. What do you think? I don't know. The headlines definitely were being read. Yeah. And that might have just been in his outline. And then he may have had some notes that he talked about because the rest of it felt pretty natural. Yeah. It's just when he would get to a headline, he would read a headline and then go. And I don't know if maybe. He recorded them in segments and edited them together. Maybe that's why it was so tight. Um, not really sure. He tells some great stories throughout the episode and uh, adds some great detail. Puts us right there in the moment, which I thought was great. At the end, he does a little uh, something about me. And like that was the headline, right? He he tells the story and he finishes. And that's why you need to listen to your doctor. Here's something about me. And then I'm like, whoa, we, you know, we just snap right into it. Yeah. And it's a great story that he has at the end. And it's, and it's, I love the fact that he's including stuff about him. It lets us get to know him and create this relationship with him. I like that part of it, but I wasn't really sure what the point of the story at the end was, other than the fact that he's just letting us know some information about him. But what did he want me to take away from that, that story? He talks about his ankle and, it being injured and, and on the recovery, but I wasn't really sure like, okay, why, why I don't understand why we told the story. So I was a little confused with that, but overall I love the stories. I love his one-on-one nature. I love the detail that he includes. Yeah. And even with that story, he started talking about how he got involved with some sort of computer company. And then when that folded, he tried a web development company for a while websites. He goes, I don't know anything about that. And then he, he ended up going to another company. So it was interesting just to learn the history of him, but I'm kind of with you. It was, I got the feeling that somebody's like, like he went to some podcasting conference and they said, you need to talk about yourself. <laughs> and so right. you need to tell your audience a little something about yourself because he started getting into that. Here's my career. Yeah. Like I've worked for 45 years and what I was doing and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, well, where, where's this going? And then he talks about his ankle injury and I'm like, well, what does that have to do with where you just worked? So not really sure if it's just maybe he ends every episode with a little bit about me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But I would have liked to have seen the story kind of dovetail more into the career or what, what we were talking about, or I I don't know. It it felt like three pieces kind of duct taped together. Yeah. But uh, here's how he wrapped up the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember what's important. Have fun. Try to avoid injuries and make new friends. Let me know how you handled not being able to play hockey. Please share my podcast with friends and other players. For information on how to subscribe, go to agelesshockey.com slash subscribe. Show notes for this episode are located at agelesshockey.com slash 14. You can also leave a comment at this location. My email is jim at agelesshockey.com. I just want to let you know that I'll reply to all emails. 
I may also mention your feedback, question, or anything else you put in the email along with your name on a podcast. If you don't want your name mentioned on a podcast, please let me know in your email. Please visit agelesshockey.com for more information. I value your time and appreciate all of you that have subscribed to my podcast. Thanks for listening. Have fun playing the greatest game on earth. Stay on the ice. And the the beauty of it is he then didn't play a bunch of music for the sake of nothing. So I was it's like, <laughs> yay! yay. <laughs> but he did have 17 calls to action. So yeah, just a few. There was that. You know, when he at the at the end there, he says uh, such and such and such and make new friends. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. I was like, wow, that was a nice little bow on the end of it. Like nice, perfect, solid finish. And then then all of a sudden he starts up again and he let me know how you're handling not playing and tell a friend about the show and subscribe to the show and check out the show notes and leave us a comment and email us and go check out the website. I mean, that's seven different things he wants me to do. And had I not written them down, I wouldn't have remembered half of them. So, uh, and, and, and it's, and it's not just Jim. It, this is a, a comment we make to nearly every guest we have here on the podcast review show. Pick the one call to action that you want your audience to do and make that the call to action. So I'm gonna, this is my uh, next episode coming out of podcast talent coach how to make an effective call to action that's the entire episode we're going to talk about what makes an effective call to action and why it should only be one because you don't want you're already making your your audience member make a decision to act now you don't want to have them decide which act to take if they have to make too many decisions they're just not going to make any decision at all so make it as easy as possible give them one thing to do and then have them go do that you want to sell them on doing that one thing. You cannot possibly sell them on doing seven things. So let's tighten it up. Let's pick the one thing. You can rotate that one thing. That one thing can be different every show. You can put well, your other one thing in the middle of the show. But at the end, tell them what to do next. Make it that one thing and then send them to go do that one thing. Otherwise, they're just not going to decide. It's there's it's like your to-do list. My wife leaves me. You know, there's 17 things. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm going to get in trouble because they're not all done. So why am I going to do any of them? I'm going to go watch the football game. Yeah, it reminds me it's and it's easier said than done because I remember when I was uh I've done different projects and you'll you'll define a project for a customer. We're going to do A, B, C, and then they a grade and you get paid for A, B, and C and they go, Oh, can we do um can we do D? And you're like, eh, all right, we can do D. And then you start working on, oh, can we do just, just one more thing? And that's the thing. You you keep adding just one more thing, just one more thing. And next thing you know, you've got seven calls to action. And it's uh, it's it's really easy to, to do that. But that's exactly what Eric's saying. It's like you just you need to figure out what do you want your audience to do. And uh, for the record, I do want to mention here, since we're talking about that, ratings and reviews do nothing to to put you up the charts. Those <laughs> right. are those social, social proof. Subscribing will help, but ratings and re- I hear so many people just keep repeating that. Oh, it helps us get found. No, no, it doesn't. It, it gives social <laughs> I don't know proof. Who told you that, but that's not true. That is not true. That's everybody's favorite call to action. But uh, so my recommendation to Jim in his, uh, in his little synopsis that he sent us, as we talked about at the very beginning of tonight's episode, the one thing he wants 
his audience to do that will let him know his podcast has been a success is that he receives more emails from his listeners. So that's the one thing he wants them to do. So there's no reason for him to to go to the show notes or leave us a comment or uh, check out the website. I can understand subscribe, but if you want your audience to email you, make that the call to action. Tell them to email you and call it good. Yeah, and he's got uh, an easy button. If we switch over to his website, he's got a, a fairly simple, you know, nothing too crazy on his website. Uh, he's got a, a menu system that goes across the top. You've got podcast about, start here, subscribe, contact, equipment, beginner players, playing hockey, and then resources. And so. And that is an old school net there in the upper left. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> that is old time hockey. And so it's, if you're looking like, how do I contact him? Well, it's pretty easy. There's a button there that says contact. And so when you click on that, it's super easy. He's got his email address there. Every page, I think he says, you know, have fun playing the greatest game on earth and stay on the ice. He's got a nice start here button. Uh, That is my favorite part of this entire website. Start here. First time to the website, you click start here. It's everything you need to know about the website right there. I like that idea. I've seen, uh, I think Pat Flynn does that. Because when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I need the start here button. That is awesome. Two things I love about this website, the start here button and the fact that it's nice and clean and white, just like a fresh sheet of ice. Looks great. Yeah. The only thing, and it's not a bad thing. There's no sidebar. There is no sidebar. It is just like a sheet of paper. That's it. And then he's got. I kind of like, I, you know, it's not cluttered up with a lot yeah. of ads and, and distractions. If you're on a page, that's what you get. Like it, this, this equipment page right here, this is all you get. You come to this page, you get hockey equipment. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, affiliate links or ads on the left or ads on the right or any of that. Okay. There's those shin pads right there. See those Coopers? Oh my goodness. Yeah, those are old school. <laughs> And I probably had a pair of those shoulder pads up there too. Oh, that's the shoulder like. pads back then. Yeah. You know, they're like, they're like toilet paper. And then the shoulder pads on the right are like a suit of armor. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yep. War it all. But he's got some nice resources here in terms of, you know, how to play hockey. So I guess if you're absolutely new to hockey, he's got some things on here. I love the fact that he says, uh, are you too old to play hockey? He talks about some guy named Mark. Sertich, who's 96 years old and continues to play the sport he loves. I'm like, who's going to check a 96 year old? <laughs> there's no checking in adult <laughs> hockey. It's that doesn't mean there's no contact. That just means there's no checking. Right. It's like you broke Martin in half or Mark or whatever his name was. Yeah. That's why I don't go out and play with 20 year olds. I'm like, dude, I got to work tomorrow. I can't. <laughs> this, I, there's no, yeah. no, you're 20. I'm not. But he's got a resource page with links to all sorts of other stuff. So I love the bottom of this page right here. Go all the way down to the bottom. Caution. <laughs> Caution. If you're consult a doctor before you get on the ice, like like you're old, go talk to your doctor and get cleared before you go out and play. Just because you're wearing your gear doesn't yeah. mean you're indestructible. Yeah, I do that anytime I do a weight loss show and anytime I talk about exercise, I have to go, okay, here's the disclaimer. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. So exercise at your own risk. 
his about page, I think, does a decent job of explaining why he's doing the show. Um, I'm trying to see if it really explains. Yeah, my goal to encourage men and women to start, continue, or resume playing hockey. So it'd be interesting if it said, you know, in the past we've talked about such and such, but then you're driving people away from your about page. But there's this crash test dummy. I'll have to ask him what he means by that. But he's, I thought it was nice he has a picture of him in his gear just to, to kind of tie it back to, I guess, some street cred. You know, he's not a guy that, that is just talking about hockey. He's out there playing it. Yeah, but I, I, I like the fact that he's got a subscribe button with uh, it kind of explains how to subscribe. He's got a thing at the bottom, how to listen. So, And the other thing that I, I tested, this website looks really good on a phone because I was worried about that because I thought, you know, the, the menus at the top are a little small in terms of, of how tall the letters are. And I thought, boy, I bet that's going to look like crap on a phone. And it's actually the direct opposite. It worked really good on a phone. So. All in all, I was like, well, there's not really much to uh, to talk about here on. Uh, and- you know, one thing I love about this website, what? the use of color. Mm. He doesn't use a lot of color, but when it when he does, it's for the right reasons. Like um, scroll down here. Let's go back to the uh, subscribe. Go back to the subscribe tab and like free. Mm. Great color. Then Apple podcast, Android and RSS. The only color on the page to draw your attentions to the right uh, headlines. And that's it. Otherwise, it's hot links and black and white text. Yeah. The color is sparse and used where it's appropriate. Yeah. Makes it easy. I like like the website. I think it it really looks good. There isn't a whole lot I would change. Uh, But all in all, agelesshockey.com. The biggest thing for me, I would work on his transitions. That was yep. the that was the thing that I was like, you know, what what were your thoughts, Eric? Transitions would be my big one uh, in terms of the content. I think I would love to see him play up that character of the get off my lawn guy, you know, just because, you know, as we get older, you know, I I got to stop saying, you know, well, back back in my day or, you know, back in the day. Cause I'm thinking, man, how old do I sound when I say, have you seen the commercial on TV? I'm becoming my dad. And he's like, what are we air conditioning in the whole neighborhood? Like, uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. I said that. Yep. I've said that. Like, I feel like that's what I'm becoming, but it's, it's such a part of our society today that, and I love the fact that he makes fun of himself for being, yeah. being that every now and then. Uh, that is what I found entertaining. I don't know if he does it in every episode, but I think, that might make his podcast stand out a little bit. I love his one-on-one connection with the audience, but using some natural segues rather than headlines, I think would make the content flow a little better and clean up the call to action at the end. I'm, I'm always a big fan of put music in as a transition. That's an easy one. But if not, it's you even mentioned earlier, just a little bit of space. If you just finished one story and said, and, and so he didn't pay attention to his doctor and now he's paying for it. Now I want to talk about, you know, and, and not even now I want to talk about it, just like, and then go to your next section. You might also look at the topics you're going to talk about and see if there's any way that you can, tra- like, does one transition into the other one? That might help you rearrange your topics because you might say, well, talking about being safe, I was at the skating rink the other day doing some free skating and there's these guys skating around with their hands in their pockets. Is there some way to, 
just make those transition, uh, that might be a little easier as well. Instead of it's uh, it it's very helpful if you write out your transitions prior to mm. recording. So you know what the out is going to be of the one segment and what the introduction is going to be at the next segment. So you don't start using now it's time to talk about, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, and, and now he's really paying for it. Hey, did I, do you remember when I told you about the time we did the thing and then you just kind of naturally transition into the next story. And if you write those out ahead of time, and read over them when you get to the transition part don't read it you but the fact that you've written it out will help you make that transition a lot smoother and if you want to check out jim's podcast again it's at agelesshockey.com you can find me at uh, schoolofpodcasting.com eric where can people find you find me over at podcasttalentcoach.com we're working on uh, revamping the website right now new and improved coming Ooh. soon yeah, ooh, ah, my favorite. <laughs> so that's find me over there, podcasttalentcoach.com. And uh, if you want to be on the show, we would love to have you. We would say sitting right here in Jim's seat, but but Jim's not here tonight. But we would love to have you right here. It's super easy. Just head over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me, and uh, we can surely get you on the show. And we'd love to talk about your podcast right here and, and expose it to all of the people listening to the show. So come on by and see us. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show. Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? Go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com 
slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.